At photographycourse.net, you'll be able to swap your expertise with other photographers, make light instead of wishing for it, expand your portfolio, and receive feedback from professionals, all of which will develop your artistic eye. Photographycourse.net offers an abundance of premium courses and challenges for participants at every stage of their journey, from technical settings for portrait photography, to landscape composition tricks, to how to start your own photography business, we have everything you need to start shooting confidently. You can work at a pace that suits you. Our 52-week project challenge will provide you with the educational resources, encouragement, and support that you need to take great photographs every week. You can join us at any time as our themes are evergreen. You can also start by shooting every day and learning something new with our 365 Days of Photography course. Led by an industry expert who has mentored over 10,000 students, this course will help you take your photography skills to the next level with daily, bite-sized videos. Throughout the process of learning, you'll have access to a community that will provide you with inspiration and motivation. Get encouragement from other photographers every single day. Our current limited time offer comes with a special discount code exclusive to the listeners of this podcast. Get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Claim this discount by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join photographycourse.net and capture more than just a moment. Hello everyone, my name is Taya and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World Podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. In this episode, I speak with smartphone photographer and marketing expert Adam Reamer. Adam is working for a variety of clients, including SmugMug, and he has a lot of experience when it comes to marketing, building a business, and also taking beautiful photographs using his smartphone camera. We talk about all of these things and more in this episode. Please enjoy. We have an amazing community at photographycourse.net where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, join photography contests, and much more. In our community, you'll also find a 52-week project that will provide you with weekly educational videos and challenges to help you improve your skills on a regular basis. This is an amazing opportunity for you to not only enhance your skills, but also grow your network and have a wholesome experience as a photographer. We're so inspired by the amazing photographs that our members post every day. When you join our community, you'll be able to make new friends and share your progress with a passionate group of people. None of this would be possible without our members' support, so we're very grateful. In order to keep things running, we're offering exclusive membership plans that will give you access to every part of our community and our premium courses. Use the discount code GREATBIGPHOTOGRAPHYWORLD to get 50% off your first year as a member. Go to photographycourse.net slash join and use the code GREATBIGPHOTOGRAPHYWORLD without any spaces to claim your discount. Hi, Adam. Welcome to Great Big Photography World Podcast. I'm thrilled to have you here. Please introduce yourself to the listeners. Hey, Daya. Thank you for having me. My name is Adam Reamer, and I'm from Washington, D.C., and run a marketing firm that assists small businesses and large corporations with their digital marketing strategies from SEO to monetization, lead generation, affiliate management, and overall growth. Very cool. I think you have a difficult job, mainly because I don't know anything about marketing. And so to me, all of the words that you just said are just 
completely <laughs> very far from what I'm familiar with. So I think it's something that a lot of photographers can relate to when they start their own businesses as well. They struggle a lot with marketing themselves and finding clients and building their websites. So I'm sure that you'll be able to share you know, your own insights that could help a lot of people who are listening. So I'm really happy yeah. to have you here. Thank you for taking the time to join me today. Of course, and photographers have a lot of advantages that other stores don't. For example, they create really incredible images and those images get used a lot. When an image gets used, if it is used and links back to your website, that can help with your Google rankings to bring in business for you. You can also supply your images to local news and media to use it as lead generation for your company. And there's multiple ways to make money. If you only have an e-commerce store or you're a plumber or service provider, you have one core service and you probably have to show up or you have to sell product. With photography, you can make money with clients. You can make money selling prints. You can make money hosting workshops. You can create presets. There's a lot of different things that photographers can do. So there's a lot of advantages you have as a photographer to make money and create a career. That's very true. Yeah, you make a good point. And I think as photographers, we sometimes underestimate how much we can offer. But when you put it that way, then it makes a lot of sense. And wow, we definitely have a lot that we can offer. And it's amazing. There's so many possibilities. And especially in the photography side of things, as you said, you can make a website look really beautiful with your own photographs. You don't even need to use stock photos necessarily, which I mean, I don't think it's bad to use stock photos. But when you have your own pictures, it's definitely an advantage for sure. Absolutely. Before we dive into the marketing side of things and your background as a photographer, I'd love to know what camera equipment you use. So that's what's kind of funny. I've had magazine covers. I've been booked to photograph weddings and conferences, and I've sold prints and bartered prints. And I actually don't have a camera. I just use my smartphone. And then I edit in Snapseed. I limit myself to two minutes of editing. And I've caught a lot of people off guard with that. It's interesting because I don't consider myself a professional photographer, but other people do consider me one. It's kind of a hobby that turned into something that can make money, bring attention, and help me grow my business. But it was never, I never intended on being a professional photographer. That's amazing. You said that you limit yourself to two minutes of editing in Snapseed. Why is that? Is it because it's very time consuming if you spend too much time on it? No, it's because I'm a perfectionist and I'll never be happy. So if I give myself two minutes to edit something, then I have a set limit and I can't obsess over small details. So what's there is there. And then I publish basically. I am sure a lot of people can relate to that. Editing is an endless loop sometimes if you let it be an endless loop so if you limit your time that can be a very smart way to uh, approach your life basically <laughs> i'm sure a lot of people understand that you and your team are seo and marketing experts as you said in your introduction what advice would you give to photographers who want to market themselves more effectively so it depends on the type of business the photographer wants to have to market yourself more effectively you've got to sell what you do, but to the clients, instead of talking about yourself and your needs and what inspires you, talk to them about why they would want to engage with you. So if somebody's going to be hiring you as a portrait photographer for in studio, talk about the experience they'll have in the studio 
other people that have hired you for similar situations, whether it's because their children have special needs and you have a certification so you can cater to it, whether it's sensory disorders or behavioral problems. Maybe it's you want to handle pets and take a lot of cats and dogs and reptiles and birds. So you can talk to them about, we do not have predator and prey at the same time. We also split days between cats and dogs and everything is sanitized, sterilized, and the air is freshened on a daily basis to keep hygiene a priority. The same goes for selling artwork. Instead of talking about why you are an artist, Talk about the way that the art can fit in within their lifestyles, who's going to benefit, the types of designs and rooms and accents, if it's a signature piece that should be highlighted versus something that's a long print that can be replaced easily every few months so your home's always fresh and new. It is important to talk about what inspired the photo, the scene, and the image because you want to get that person excited, but it's also important to talk about their needs and how it's going to make them happy from day to day and year after year. And that's kind of the difference. You want to cater it to your users' needs, let them know why you're the right person to hire, but talk to them about themselves. It's something we call wee-wee syndrome, where if everything's I, me, I, ours, and we, then it's not about them. So instead of saying, I love taking this photo because the mountains are pretty, say, you'll love experiencing the mountains of the Dolomites through summer or something like that. So that it's about them and how they can start to visualize it. And that's one of the biggest tricks I see with photographers. They focus on what they want and what they think versus why the end user should engage with them and hire them or buy their artwork. That's fascinating. So if you make that small change, make it about the client, then you will probably notice a big difference in your business as a photographer, right? Exactly. And another thing you can do is if you get the same questions over and over from clients, look at your website, look at the contact form and look at where you have your phone number for them to call you if you decide to use the phone. I know a lot of people don't like it anymore. And look to see if you answer those questions in the text. If it's always about, do you allow this or can you do this, then you want to put that copy right on the page so that the person knows you've already addressed their concerns and you're a step further along on selling the print or getting the client in studio. And a big one is talking about security and storage. If you're a boudoir photographer or you do family portraits, those are sensitive images and they're things people don't want out there. So just make sure you emphasize the most important talking points about the potential client's needs. And that's what's going to help set you apart from others. I'm really impressed because you know so much about different kinds of photographers' needs. And that's because you have worked with so many photographers and you are affiliated with some big companies. And I think that's amazing for you personally, as well as a photographer. You know exactly what kind of work you want to create and how to present it to people, right? Yes. I've definitely worked with a lot of photographers through some of our clients. <laughs> what in your experience is something that photographers struggle with the most when it comes to building a website? Building a website is just the fear of having to do it or that it's going to be too much work or that they don't understand code. At this point in time, you don't have to know code to be able to build a proper website. And a lot of the website builders out there will do the work for you and have properly coded pages so that it can index properly in the search engines as well as share nicely to social media. For example, years ago, you would have to type in OG with a colon separate from your meta tags. The meta tags 
as in a meta title and meta description are what go into a search engine result, whereas OG is open graph and that's what goes into Facebook. You would have rich pins, which works for Pinterest and Twitter cards for Twitter. But now a lot of these tools will actually upload and automate it for you. Other tools will automatically deploy schema, which is a code language that feeds what the page is about. If there's a product for sale, if it's an article, if there's FAQs, if you're hosting an event, there's event schema. And that's one of the ways you can start to show up in Google for photography workshops in March in your city. And a lot of these tools will start actually doing that for you. So you don't have to know how to code anymore. It's just getting over that hurdle of, I don't know code. Websites are very easy to build. One of our clients, which I'm sure we'll be talking about later, is a website builder and one that I actually do use and recommend for photographers that don't code. Amazing. So for me personally, I've spoken with many photographers about building websites, my personal life, and sometimes I come across people who like using WordPress exclusively, others like using other platforms. Do you think the platform that a photographer selects is the most important part of the process or is it okay if they kind of compromise when it comes to that and don't necessarily use something as expensive as WordPress? You don't have to compromise. WordPress is great for blogging. It's a nice CMS system, but I don't recommend it for portfolio sites because you're going to have to pay for image compression, but image compression depletes the quality of your images a bit. Plus, you're going to have to pay for a lot of different tools and you're going to have to worry about if you sell prints through your WordPress site, you're probably going to have to use WooCommerce and you're going to have to find your own print shops and connect to them. Then you're going to have to worry about quality. But if you just want to write blog posts and you want to capture audience reactions and you want to do different things like have an events calendar, WordPress can be a really good option for that. And there's free versions. You just have to pay for your hosting. And WordPress is really easy to optimize for search engines and social media. But the actual delivery and loading of images, especially beautiful high-res images, that's not something that's reasonable with WordPress. And you're going to run out of storage space quickly if you don't buy a very large hosting package. And as a photographer, you're going to be uploading a ton of images, especially if you do client shoots. And you're not going to want to have to keep upgrading and paying more money just for storage. That's the downside of WordPress. But the upside is for a blogging platform, it's fantastic. And I highly recommend it. It's the one that I use personally. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Thank you for sharing that. And you mentioned uh, earlier that one of your clients has uh, offers a platform for website building. Could you talk more about that? Yeah, so I manage the affiliate program for SmugMug. They're like family to me. They're by far one of the best companies I've ever worked with. And they offer photographers the ability to build a website without having to know how to code. And because SmugMug was built by photographers and for photographers, everything about your business is on the front end of it. All of the images are saved high resolution there's no distortion and there's no they're not going to like destroy your images they're going to be big and beautiful the compression engine is fantastic and actually delivers images lightning fast plus if you go with the top tier packages like the pro you're going to be able to sell prints around the world through tried and true print shops that smug mug vets personally and another benefit of building a smug mug website is that you have smug mug security you're going to have right-click protection. You're going to be able to create private folders. You're going to be able to do password protection. There's a lot of different things depending on the package you have, including cloaked links where only someone with that link can access 
the images in the gallery. So everything you need to run your photography business is included. And that's one of the reasons why I like them. They make life easy so you can focus on your art instead of having to worry about your website going down. Or SmugMug, actually, with the pro account, I believe they do handle returns and damage. So instead of having to chase down where an image is with FedEx or UPS, SmugMug actually does that. And their support team are called heroes because they do the heroic thing. I've had to use the heroes a few times. And they're always there, whether they know I work with SmugMug or not. They treat me like gold, just like they do all clients. It really is a special company. All of their customers matter to them. That's why I love managing their affiliate program. The affiliates in there, they are some of the best people I've worked with. And one of them's one of the people that convinced me to start taking photos with my phone. It's really exciting. It's amazing to have companies like that in the photography world that are trustworthy and that can offer services like that for photographers who don't necessarily want to code. And yeah, it's just great. And it's super important, obviously, to take care of the quality of your images as a photographer. If a photograph is highly compressed, then it won't look that good on a website and might put people off. So it's definitely an important part of any photographer's portfolio for sure. So that's very good to know. And SmugMug owns Flickr, correct? Yes, that is correct. Flickr is a website that I've been a part of for a long time, and a lot of photographers as well uh, love it. And it's um, the place where people still find a lot of inspiration. So for you and your smartphone photography, what was the beginning? Like, what was your introduction? Like, you said that someone from SmugMug encouraged you to get into photography, but what was the initial experience like for you? Initial experience was a lot of embarrassment. I was sitting actually at SmugMug headquarters, and there were a few of their VIPs and ambassadors there. One in particular is Karen Hudden. She and I have become really close over the years. And I took a photo and I said, Well, what's wrong with this? And what could I do better? And she started laughing. She was like, Well, it's flat. And I was like, Well, what does I know? Because it was a latte. And I was like, Yeah, I know. That's what I ordered a flat white or whatever the drink was called at the time. And she was like, No, that's not what I mean. She said, There's no depth of field. And I was like, Okay. So then she took my phone. She took a similar picture, but I was like, Oh my gosh. Basically, what happened was all of a sudden the cup was up towards me and the room was way far behind. You could see chairs and everything else. And that was my first realization that, yeah, photography is something that takes skill and you do have to actually pay attention to. And from there, I started to look up different things like the rule of thirds and the Fibonacci spiral and just different aspects that can help you take a better photo. Then you learn about things like bokeh effect and portrait mode and shooting and raw and all that other fun stuff that it was Karen teasing me about depth of field that made me realize there's a bit more to this. That's a really interesting story. Thank you for sharing that. And isn't it amazing that now in this day and age, we can use smartphone cameras in the same way that we can use professional DSLRs and mirrorless cameras? Of course, there's a difference, but I'm seeing less and less of a difference now. For example, you have an Instagram account and you share a lot of your photos there. Some of your recent photos are of cherry blossoms. And you shared a few variations from the same location. And one of them was taken in portrait mode from what I understand. And the very blurred background and the flower or flowers were in focus. And it looked like a professional DSLR shot to me. So I was very surprised to find out that it was taken using a smartphone camera. So it's just amazing what we can achieve now using just our smartphone cameras. 
So what I do is I go running a few days a week, usually about five. And it's to get rid of the stress just of the day-to-day tasks and to just get outdoors. And photography is a way to break that up, especially my average distance is about five to seven miles. And I don't always feel like running that in one shot. So nice little photography pun there. (laughs) So what I do is I'll think about the time of day, where the sun's going to be, if it's going to be harsh light in the middle of the day, or if I'm going to hit golden hour or blue hour. And then I'll say, okay, well, where would I want to take a break at? And then I map my route. And usually my camera has a, or my phone camera has a little bit of sweat on it or something. So I never really know how they're going to turn out. But someone was asking me about bokeh. And that's why I decided to take that same shot. One was just done in regular photo mode. One I put on portrait mode, like you said. Then during processing and Snapseed, I still use the same tonal uh, adjustments as well as contrast. And then I applied vignette to it. The only difference is in one, I use portrait mode so I can blur the background. And what also happens is when you change your angle a little bit, so you don't have to like use the f-stop at 2.8 or worry like you would with a regular camera. With portrait mode, you just angle your phone up or down a little bit. And all of a sudden, any light in the background turns into like a nice little glow and blurb of light. And so you can create a bokeh effect in the background. And it looks really cool in cityscapes or just basically anywhere where you have light that would normally be distracting, especially if you have a smudge lens. That's really amazing. It's so great that we have this opportunity now. We can use pretty much any kind of cameras that exist to experiment and to improve as photographers. And it's great also that you have an opportunity to take photographs when you're de-stressing from work. That's super important. And I know that for a lot of the listeners, that's also an important part of their lives. This opportunity to take photos and to forget about everything else and to go back home and to go back to the office feeling refreshed. Absolutely. Photographycourse.net is a place where you can find an abundance of photography inspiration in different forms like premium courses, articles, video tutorials, editing resources, and much more. We have a thriving community where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, and discover new ideas every single day. Here is a message from one of our top community members, Robert Morton. Hi, my name is Rob. I specialise in wildlife photography and landscape photography. I'm a member of photographycourse.net online community. I like the community because you get some fantastic ideas and some great feedback. So take your photography to the next level by clicking the link in the description. That's what I did and I haven't looked back. If you want to join our online community, go to photographycourse.net and enter the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% of your first year as a premium member. Our online photography community is a place where you can grow your skills and learn something new every single day. If you want to join conversations like this one and connect with like-minded photographers from across the world, you're in the perfect place. We have a special discount code for our podcast listeners. We're offering 50% off your first year as an extraordinary or limitless member. Go to photographycourse.net slash join to claim your discount with the code greatbigphotographyworld. You said that you manage SmugMug's affiliate program. What are the benefits of joining an affiliate program for photographers specifically? So there's a lot of benefits for being an affiliate as a photographer. If you're a wedding photographer, you're going to have clients asking about venues. You're going to have them asking about ways to save money. 
especially if they don't have an events planner. So you could become an affiliate for bachelorette supplies. You can become an affiliate for wedding supplies like wedding favors. You can also use it to help with bookings for hotels, basically anything you need to. Now you're not going to want to do your book through an affiliate program because you can add a lot of margin and mark it up, really customize that book to create the experience for your client that they deserve. Plus the book is like a big money maker for wedding photographers. But there's a lot of ways you can make money by helping your clients find the right resources. Budget Savvy Bride just had an interesting article out where somebody saved a lot of money on their wedding flowers, for example, by using fresh flowers with artificial flowers to reduce the cost. If it's a do-it-yourselfer client, for example, you could help them find flower vendor that sells in bulk through an affiliate link and artificial. You can make money through the affiliate link. If you lead workshops or host workshops or even walking tours or you're part of an Audubon society and you take photos as a group, you can join the Smug Mug for affiliate program. One of the benefits there is if you sign up other members or if you send it to your workshop attendees, they're going to be able to have unlimited photo storage and they can upload from any connected device. So that way, if a memory card goes missing or you accidentally step on it, you don't have to lose your images while you're on the workshop. Plus, you can track progress. So if you're not a professional, but you're a hobbyist, you can sit there and upload year by year, folder by folder, theme by theme, and you can actually see the way that you progress as an artist. And if you decide you want to start selling prints, well, you can always upgrade and start to make money and see if it is something you want to do as a career. So SmugMug's affiliate program, you can make money by referring new customers in, and you can also take that. You don't have to keep the money. What you can do is you can use it as your group or your association, and then you can raise money and funds for future events, for dinners, for get-togethers, for photo tours, for basically anything. You could join affiliate programs for props, for lingerie, for basically anything that your clients would need. And you're able to provide them with more resources while making more money from each booking. Very exciting. And once again, I'm impressed by your photography knowledge because you work with so many different kinds of clients. You know so much. And a random question popped uh, to mind now, and that is... What is the most interesting thing that you've learned from your photography clients, for you personally as a photographer as well? It's to ask the right questions. <laughs> if you <laughs> don't ask the right questions, you're going to end up with Pinterest boards. You're going to end up with unhappy clients no matter what. So it's learning how to predict what they're going to ask and then be able to respond to them, have it in advance, and work it into the agreements and the package and your deliverables. If you don't learn how to do that ahead of time, you're going to find some interesting situations, both good and bad, and learning how to say no. Oh, yes. Especially when it comes to friends and family. That's very important. And what was that experience like for you, learning how to say no? I know that's something that I struggle with a lot and a lot of people in general struggle with it. But for you, how did you learn to deal with that discomfort? It's hard. I still struggle with it. There's no easy way. It's more mental. What I realized is I was unhappy. People were saying, hey, come to my party. Hey, we're doing this. And I was like, oh, great, thanks. And I'm an introvert by nature. So I really, it's it's hard for me to get out there and actually attend something where I'm going to have to socialize with people. Normally, I only show up if they have a dog or a cat or something, because that's what I want to go talk to at the party. But it became a whole new level of uncomfortable when they said, oh, and bring your camera. Or, oh, do you mind taking pictures? Because then I was like, well, that's the only reason I'm invited. That's not cool. So I 
trained myself. When someone says, don't forget to bring your phone and take some pictures, I say, am I the hired help or am I a guest? Mm -hmm. Because there's a different way. I show up and I socialize and engage if I'm a guest. If you want me to take pictures, this is the fee and you will pay it. If I'm going to go to an event, I want to enjoy the event and I want to be a guest. If I'm there to take photos because they like the way that I capture the memories, the moments, the energy, well, then I'm not actually a guest and they're going to be expecting these captures, which means I'm going to be in focus mode. I'm going to have to be paying attention. I'm not going to be able to go enjoy a conversation. I'm not going to get to live in those moments. I'm going to be capturing the moments. And although it's still enjoyable, I'm not there for fun. I'm there to make sure their memories are captured and I'm not able to be as big of a part of those memories. And that's the biggest difference. I want to be happy. I want to enjoy my life. So if I'm a guest, I'm a guest. If I'm there to take photos, then they need to compensate me for my time, knowing it's going to be even more uncomfortable because I'm now the help at an event where I'm supposed to be a friend. Yeah, it can be really awkward with people. I know that most photographers can relate to this. It's just people, when they know you tend to take great photographs, they might subconsciously want to take advantage of you. Maybe it's not something they're aware of. But being able to say no is very powerful. And it can show you how confident you are as a photographer. If you feel that you're not that confident, you can always boost that confidence by starting small and saying no to things that you feel aren't good for you or that you don't have time for. That's something I've been learning in in recent years as well. Actually, what I've noticed is that when I say no, most of the time people don't react the way that I think that they would. And the way that I think they would react is very negatively. (laughs) I always think that they're going to think badly of me if I say no to them. And I always try to compensate for that by explaining, over-explaining. But in most cases, I would say 95% of the time, people are like, yeah, I totally understand. I respect that. Thank you for letting me know. It's definitely a very mental thing, as you said. You have to do a lot of inner work. Yeah, most of the time people say they didn't even realize what they were asking or the way that it comes across to you as someone that they did want as a guest. And they'll apologize and they won't expect it. And if they don't understand, well, that's their problem. And consider if they're actually your friend or not. So that's (laughs) the way I look at that now. This is just general life advice from Adam. (laughs) I should not be giving that. (laughs) Marketing advice, totally. Oh, and if you join the Smug Mug affiliate program, it's available on ShareSale. And you can find a link on the Smug Mug's uh, website in the footer then I send out a monthly newsletter and usually there's a lot of marketing tips and you'll have me to help with marketing strategy as long as you're an active partner. So it's just, if you want to join, I'd love to have you all in the program. Yes, definitely join. If you're I interested. hope that's okay that I said that. No, that's totally fine. Yeah. No, if you're interested in that kind of thing, definitely join. There will be a link to it in the description as well. Back to smartphone photography, because you specialize in smartphone photography and because so many people are interested in, in now more than ever, What are your top three smartphone photography tips? One is don't be afraid to... So smartphones are interesting because they're so thin and tiny. I've been setting my phone inside cracks, inside holes and walls, as long as it's not like a damaged structure and won't do it, so that I can actually create weird angles and get inside places that aren't available via a camera with a lens and a base. And it creates some really cool shots. 
Another thing is don't be afraid for movement. So use panoramic, but don't be afraid to actually tweak the camera. So instead of going left to right, go up and down and down and up. And you can also go at diagonal angles. It's a lot easier to control and stabilization is getting a lot better with smartphones. So you don't need a tripod as often either. And for the third one is just have a lot of fun. Like you can take your phone anywhere. It's easier to carry than a camera. And don't be afraid to pop it out on airplanes, trains, and other things where you'd have to actually set up a base and distract other people around you where it's annoying. Use your smartphone in those other places where a camera would just get in the way and be distracting. You can capture a lot of really cool shots, especially aerial photography. Great tips. Yeah, it's it's true what you said about using a normal camera versus using a smartphone camera. Definitely smartphones are more familiar to people. And if you are holding it up and taking a photo, it's not as intrusive or intimidating as using a normal camera. Those are quite bulky most of the time, at least my one is, and it's definitely distracting. So if someone's not used to seeing that, it can be quite scary. <laughs> so great tips. Thank you for sharing them. And it's really cool that you are so open to experimenting with different techniques. You put your camera in different places and you like to leave your comfort zone and try new things. I think that's one of the most important parts of being a photographer and improving. If you continuously discover new sides of yourself in a photography, then you're always going to be improving. Yeah. Don't get stuck in your comfort zone and you can always change your aesthetic later. Absolutely. And since you are open to, or since you're exposed to so many genres all the time, is there a particular photography genre that you would like to pursue in the future or at least try? I have no idea. I like to conquer my fears. So I used to be terrified of heights. So I did a lot of skydiving and bungee jumping. I'm terrified of going in the ocean. Like there's just so many things that want to eat you and kill you in there. So I've been facing that here. I did a swim with uh, lemon sharks and some other stuff, but I really, I would love to get to a point where I can go and do underwater photography because there's so much cool lighting under there. So much unique, just flora. Well, I don't know. Would it be called like flora still? If it's uh, like corals and seaweed and things <laughs> and so. just, <laughs> I'll have to Google that one later. <laughs> if it's still flora and fodder, what it's called underwater. But there's just there's so many interesting things that I'm terrified of. And I'd like to start learning how to photograph that. That's really brave, actually. I think that's a great way to improve as a person. <laughs> because if you face your fears and document the process, then you'll be able to look back and be extra proud of yourself because you'll know, like, oh, I have proof that I swam with sharks and that I went skydiving. I think it's uh, it's amazing. I have nothing more to say about that. It's just very impressive. And it's always scary to face your fears, but the more you do it, I think the easier it gets, or at least that's been my experience. What has it been like for you? So terrified. <laughs> certain things don't go away you just become a little more comfortable so That's i did the lemon sharks before i i went to belize a couple years later and i did a wild nurse shark and stingray swim that was out in open water which is a bit more scary and in the bahamas they have tons and tons of sharks so we did something there too but the lemon sharks was the most nerve-wracking because they look very scary uh the bahamas wasn't an easy one either 
but it's if you can't tell the majority of it focuses around sharks mm-hmm. yeah i don't know i know they're not going to hurt you and like you're, we're not food for them so it's more the chances are so slim but it's just it's a mental hurdle it's never going to get easier but it gets a little more comfortable yeah no i totally understand that i've never sold with sharks so i think yeah i would probably be very very scared <laughs> yeah i can imagine how terrifying it is I was going to say, once they approach, it becomes more fascinating and more calming. And then once you start to swim to the boat, you're like, oh my God, what am I doing? Because the fascination wears off and now you're retreating away and your back's turned. And that's the scariest part. It's also when you first realize you're going in the water and it's getting chummed, that's nerve wracking. When they're actually there, it's so interesting. And it's more just like a mind-blowing experience. Like, this is my biggest fear. These could kill me, but they're graceful and they're docile and they're curious. And they avoid you for the most part. Mm, yeah. it's, it's, it's interesting. I'm never going to get used to it. And I don't think I want to go back in the water anytime soon. But <laughs> yeah, it's it's always crazy and interesting and not what I'd expect. Well, if you do it again, then you should definitely document that. I'm sure the photos will turn out really cool. May I ask the reason you overcome your fears? I mean, that's maybe sounds like a simple question, but a lot of people don't like to think about their fears, but you seem to be actively pursuing that. Don't you want to know what it's like to do something or... Why have something irrational hold you down and hold you back? Mm-hmm. There's so many cool things you can do in life. I was terrified to get up on stage, so I did some theater. And now I speak at conferences and sometimes keynote around the world, everywhere from Adelaide, Australia, to Zagreb, Croatia, uh, Malmo, Sweden, definitely across the US. And now I'm able to get on stages. And if I didn't do that, I wouldn't have landed clients like SmugMug because I met them through another agency that I met at a conference that I believe had heard me speak. So by overcoming your fears and facing them head on, you're able to advance your life and just live a little more comfortably each day because there's less and less you're afraid of. Now, the other thing I've realized is that new fears come in and take their place, but that gives you something else to challenge yourself with. If you never have a challenge in front of you, hopefully it's not a bad challenge, but something like an irrational fear, then your life's going to be pretty boring. That's very true. And I think, well, I'm assuming that before you got up on stage, right before you met SmugMug, you didn't think that you would maybe land a big client or come across somebody who you would be working with for a very long time. And so that's, I think, also the power of overcoming your fears or at least facing them is that new opportunities might come up that you wouldn't have imagined that you would ever experience in your life uh, like smug mug for you so it's that mystery of what will happen once i overcome this fear or once i face this fear i think that can make life very exciting as well exactly there's so many cool opportunities that open when you're no longer afraid it's not easy but it's worth at least trying you might not succeed every time but at least you gave it a go absolutely yes Every industry goes through big changes, and as somebody who works with a lot of clients, you are able to witness those changes. And in your experience, in your view, what has been the biggest change in the photography world in the last decade? For me, I honestly don't know. There's a lot of different things that happen. 
there's more people demanding images and imagery than there were before because of content creators, but there's a lot more content creators creating images. We ended up going from to mirrorless cameras, then raw storage started to become a thing, and you're able to find better solution providers. I don't think much has really changed. Like there's now 3D images. You can create moving images. There's, but it's all, it's really just how do you capture the right image to modify into technology? And it's just a new way to create some art. Years ago, you didn't have lead for pencils to draw. So you had to carve away at a block with, I think it was silver or something, and create lines in depth by crisscrossing the lines. And that's how you would create a shadow and not. It's the same thing from when you had film to uh, digital imagery. At that point, you no longer had to worry about if you were out of film because you could just delete and retake the photo. But it still involved the same amount of skills. So there's really not much change. It's just fine-tuning your skills. That was a really long answer. Sorry. But yeah. yeah, not much change, just technology advances. It makes our lives easier, not more difficult. Yeah, that's very positive. I like that answer. And it definitely wasn't a long answer. I think it makes sense because, of course, there have been major changes in technology, but that technology can now help us take better photographs and work more efficiently, save more time. So it has only basically improved in many ways. And that is very uplifting because it will continue to improve and hopefully make our lives as photographers even easier, maybe more fun. Editing gets easier, like you can get your deliverables to the clients faster. Life just becomes simpler so you can enjoy your art and not as much of the day-to-day -day tasks and the boring things. Technology lets you hire retouchers from around the world. So if there's not someone local to you, now you can find someone across the country or in a different even country and have them work with you and match your aesthetic. You're not limited to just the people in your direct circle. And it doesn't mean you're going to spend less money or more money. It just means you're able to find the right person that understands your art to help you grow your business so you can enjoy your life and run your company successfully. Absolutely. Very well said. I have one more question for you, and that is, what is the one thing you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world? I don't know. I don't really have a goal for photography. But... Every once in a while, like every few months or at least once a year, someone writes me and tells me that I changed their view or I helped pull them out of a bad situation through an image. It happened recently with a photo I took of an alleyway. The person messaged me on Facebook and said that gave me, it was what I was visually mentally and feeling and the description with the light at the end of the alley that was lighting it up help me realize and remember that there's a way through and just knowing that every once in a while an image I took could help pull someone out of their funk or whatever I think that that is that would be my end goal is just create an image that really does that or just inspires someone or stops them from doing something stupid or bad and I know that sounds cheesy but art is sensory and visualization can be motivating just like the reason why people love candles and the way that they smell, it brings back memories of childhood that are good. Same thing when you smell a chocolate chip cookie or when you hear certain sounds that are calming and make you relax. I 
do believe that visual stimulation can do the same and it can transport you into a different mindset. And I hope that at least one or two of my photos will do that a, a year at least for someone if they're in need. It's very touching and it's so wonderful that somebody was able to connect to your work in that way. Sometimes someone will send you a message and you looked at that photograph a specific way, maybe you didn't think much of it. And then the other person, the stranger, maybe a stranger, they looked at that photo and as you said, maybe found some kind of light in it or something motivating and inspiring. It's, it's incredible. And that's the power of sharing your work as well with strangers and with friends and family it might help someone more than you know. Yep. Well, thank you very much for your time, Adam. It was really nice to speak with you. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge about marketing and photography and everything else. I'm sure that the listeners learned a lot. I definitely did. And I wish you the very best with your business and with your photography. Thank you as well, Taya. Have a great day. Adam knows so much about marketing. And as I mentioned several times in this interview, I was very impressed with his knowledge. I think it's very valuable to know what different kinds of photographers need when it comes to the business side of things. And I hope that you were able to find information that was useful to you and might help you move forward in a more confident way in the future. If you have any questions for Adam, or if you just want to share your thoughts on this episode with us, make sure to join our online photography community. There's a link to it in the description. Thank you for listening and see you next week. Our photography community wouldn't be what it is without its amazing members. We're working on many exciting projects and have lots of great perks waiting to be discovered by you. For a small monthly fee, you'll receive all kinds of perks. If you join as an extraordinary member, you'll get an ad-free experience, access to every subforum, access to our 52-week project, the ability to connect with all of our members, and more. As a Limitless member, you'll get all of the perks that I just mentioned and access to all of our premium courses and Lightroom presets. This is the perfect opportunity for anybody who wants to elevate their skills without paying thousands of dollars for courses. We're sure that you'll love being a part of our community if you're a fan of this podcast. In addition to meeting new people, you'll learn something new about photography every day, which will help you improve quickly. It's also much more fun to take photographs when you have a group of amazing photographers supporting you. Go to photographycourse.net to find out more and to get 50% off your first year as a member. We can't wait to see you in our community. And again, just as a reminder, go to photographycourse.net slash join to claim your discount with the code GREATBIGPHOTOGRAPHYWORLD. We can't wait to see you there. There's a simple reason why photographycourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography. While you're at it, claim your special discount code by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member.